That first line of our first reading today is something of the phrase that we hear pretty regularly, especially during the season of Advent. It said, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. This somewhat well-known prophecy of Isaiah prophesying the coming of Jesus, right? Think about a little bit of just like what that image actually looks like. You have a stump. A stump, if you look at it, it's dead, right? There's no life coming from there. You look at it, there's nothing, there's no growth from that. And then from this kind of, out of this apparent death, apparent lifelessness, a little leaf comes up, a little shoot. There's a little bit of hope, a little bit of new life coming out of what seems to be hopeless, what seems to have nothing that's going to come from that. Remember, a couple weeks ago in our first reading, we heard from the prophet Malachi. He was prophesying, one of the, one of the last prophets, he was the last prophet, and he g- g- gave prophecies of the, this day of the Lord, this kind of end of the world, apocalyptic day where all would be, um, all the evil would be burned up and Jesus would come and it would be this, this, the whole culmination of everything. And Malachi was the last prophet of the Old Testament. He was the last, the last thing that God spoke to his people was through Malachi. And the last thing that Malachi said was that before this day comes, before this big day of the Lord, this big end of the world uh, event would happen, the prophet Elijah would come back. He was one of the greatest prophets in Israel. And the people, he was very well known, and he was taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. And Malachi said that before all this stuff happens, Elijah's going to come back, and he's going to be this sign that all these things are about to happen. This great fulfillment is about to come. That's your sign. And so Malachi says that, he passes away, and then the Lord is silent for 500 years. So imagine, after the people of Israel heard this prophecy, they started with this eager expectation, right? They're ready for this day to come. They're looking for the prophet to come. They're looking for all these signs. Then years go by. Decades go by. Generations go by. 500 years of silence from God. He didn't speak through any, there was, there was nothing from, from any, no prophet, no word of the Lord coming to the people. Just complete silence for that long. Kind of get this image of the stump. Right? Nothing seems to be happening. Where is God? Where's the hope? Where's the life that he promised us? And so that silence went on until today's gospel. Until John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the first prophet, the last prophet, and the first one in 500 years. And he's kind of the culmination of, this, of, of, the, of all prophecy because he comes to point to that day of the Lord that ultimately Jesus comes to bring. And so for the first time in 500 years, God raises up a prophet. And John the Baptist, who wore camel's hair and had a leather belt, just like Elijah wore, who was in the wilderness, just like Elijah was, who was preaching at the Jordan River, which is the very spot where Elijah was taken up into heaven. And so the people of Israel would have seen this. They saw all this happening. They recognized all these signs, and they said, this has to be the one. This has to be the guy who Malachi prophesied about. And so that's why it says in the gospel, everybody, Jerusalem, Judea, the whole region was coming out to see this guy because finally, after 500 years, what the Lord prophesied what happened would come. God is finally speaking again. And so everybody wanted to come in to see what was the Lord finally saying. And the words that God spoke through John the Baptist, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here, so repent. 
Prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist announcing this, this ushering in of a new age. And that's the message of Advent, right? Repentance and preparation. Preparing our hearts to receive Jesus. Receiving this day of the Lord, this fulfillment into our own lives. Preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, he speaks about this coming of Christ. He says there's three times that Christ comes. There's the coming of Christ in the flesh at Christmas, right? That's what John the Baptist was immediately talking about. There's the end of time coming of Jesus in glory and majesty that will happen in the future. Then there's this third coming he talks about, the, the hidden coming of Jesus, which is the coming of Christ into our lives, into our hearts, every single day. Christ desires to come into that. And that's the one, that hidden coming that a lot of times we can miss. We miss, how is Jesus coming into my life today? And that's, in a sense, what we're, we prepare for today and every single day, preparing ourselves to see how Jesus is coming. That's what that preparation is ordered towards. So I think John the Baptist's words, and in the season of Advent, pose two questions for us that we can reflect on today. Are we preparing? And then how are we preparing? Why are we preparing? If you notice in the Gospel, there's two types of people who come to see John the Baptist, right? There's all the people who come out, and they, hear, they listen to John's words, they're baptized by him, and they acknowledge their sin. This baptism of repentance. This baptism that's kind of different from what we do, but it's this sign of, of I'm, I'm giving myself, I'm acknowledging my need for God, and I, I recognize what's happening, this external sign of repentance. And then notice there's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And it says that, notice it says that they're coming to his baptism. The Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism. But it doesn't speak about them actually being baptized. They're there, they're coming out, but they're just watching. They want to see what's going on, see what all the commotion's about. But they're not actually giving themselves to participate in that. And that's, I think, why John calls them out. He says, you brood of vipers, produce the fruits in your life that are going to show this repentance. Produce the fruits that this baptism is a sign of. We can't just be spectators on the sidelines, sitting by, watching everything happen, without giving ourselves to that process, without giving ourselves to this mystery that we're being invited into. John is very clear about what happens to the trees that don't bear good fruit, to those those people who just kind of sit on the sidelines, spectate, I'm just going to watch it happen without really giving myself to that. It says the axe is ready. The axe is at the root. The tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into unquenchable fire. And so he calls the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees on that, not out of this, uh, this hatred for them, but because he knows he wants what's best for them. He's trying to call them higher, calling them to repent to engage, to participate in this mystery. Don't just sit on the, on the sidelines. You're called to participate in this mystery as well. And God desires you to participate in this mystery. And so coming into the second week of Advent, a good reflection for us today could be, how, have, how was that first week of Advent? How did that look? Have I, have I been able to participate in this mystery? Have I prepared my heart to receive Jesus? Was that first week of Advent any different than that last week of ordinary time? And so I think that can bring us now to the second question 
of how. Why are we preparing? What's the whole motivation behind this whole process? Because I think a lot of times we can, we can fall to this illusion that I'm supposed to have everything together. That I'm supposed to, this preparation is directed towards getting me to, to be set, to be good. Right? If I can just prepare well enough, if I can just give myself more fully to this process, if I can allow the Lord to work in this way, if I can do this or that thing, if I can get this or that sin out of my life, then I'll be good. Then I'll be set. Then, in a sense, you know, I won't need a Savior because I'll be set. I'll be good enough. And that illusion, that lie from the devil ultimately, is I think the one thing that prevents us most from receiving the gift that Jesus desires to give us in Advent. Because the only people who Jesus can't save are the ones who don't want a Savior, who don't need a Savior. Jesus desires to give this gift to everybody, but he respects our freedom too much to force himself upon us. And so this preparation that John is calling them to is a preparation that recognizes ultimately our need for God. That no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I prepare, no matter what, you, me, and everybody on the face of this earth can't justify, we can't justify ourselves. We need a Savior. And the preparation of Advent, the preparation that John the Baptist was calling his people to, was a preparation that was directed towards helping them to realize just that. John was inviting the people to acknowledge their sins. He helped recognizing that they weren't perfect, that they do sin multiple times, every single day. And because of that, I need a Savior. I need this gift that Jesus longs to give them. And that's what the Pharisees were hesitant to do. Maybe they thought they didn't need that. Maybe they weren't ready to do that. And that's what John was trying to invite them into. To recognize there's no good enough. There's, nothing I'm, there's no level I have to meet. Wherever we're at, in our own poverty, recognize the Lord desires to come there to save us in that and to call us higher. So maybe this Advent we, we got started off on the wrong foot. Maybe last week didn't look very different. Maybe I didn't really give myself to participate. Maybe I was a spectator, just kind of going through the motions. It's okay, because it's never too late to start. The hand is, uh, is always extended. The invitation is always there, inviting us to jump in. God delights with every inch that we give him. And it's never too late to give him that little inch. Maybe we, we had all these great ideas. Maybe we were, we were going to do Advent right. We are ready to jump in. We were going to pray more. We were going to come try to come to Mass more often, whatever our, our particular plans were. And it just didn't pan out. You know, I had the motivation. I was going to try to, but this or that came up. And, you know, I, I didn't live up. And so I'm disappointed. I'm kind of I'm, I'm feeling like, man, I've, I messed up this Advent. That's okay, too. Let that be a recognition of how much more I need God, how he's in my, what, in my apparent failure, let that be a place of encountering him. Let that be a place of him being with me in that and calling and, and walking with me in what I can for the, for, for the rest of the season. Maybe I'm feeling the weight just of, of burdens, of, of situations in my life, of tensions, of sins. Know that in that as well, the Lord is present. 
the Lord desires to be with you in that. Through the conversation of prayer, through the life of conversion, through the sacrament of confession, where perhaps most intimately Jesus is with us, takes those burdens and and wipes them away, wipes them off of us. The clearest recognition of I have sinned and I need God's help more than ever. That broken, that contrite heart that recognizes its need, that's the throne that Jesus desires to come into. The manger, so to speak, that that he desires to be born into in this third coming is a heart open, broken, ready to receive him. That's the goal of our preparation. That's the goal of Advent. May the Lord continue to be with us as we journey to prepare our hearts to be like that, to receive this gift of himself that he desires to give to us.